The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast. I'm Clay Link here with James Anderson. We got a special show lined up. Two guests. James, you know we rarely have guests on the show. Not one, but two. Ian Kahn of The Athletic and Rotowire and Eddie Almaguer of Prospects Live. Glad to have you both on. We are continuing on with a an activity that we started on the SiriusXM Fantasy Show, a Dynasty startup mock draft, and we did two rounds on the air. We have knocked out another two rounds just in the interim, and now we'll discuss the latest uh, results, the last two rounds. This has been a fun exercise for me. Uh, guys, before we get into this, though, we do have a plan in place, apparently. I'm kind of in the, I'll see it when I, uh, I'll believe it when I see it camp a little bit. But apparently baseball will be played, 60-game season. Ian, starting with you, any general thoughts on a, if you'll play season long, and uh, general strategy heading into a sixty-game season. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, I, I'm. A, I must say, I'm rather concerned. First, thanks for having 
myself, myself, <laughs> thanks for having me on the show, uh, is what I wanted to say. It's always fun to be with you guys and with you, Eddie. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm actually really concerned, I think, with what happened with the Phillies players this past week, uh, with, uh, with them getting sick. You could just really see that happening. What happens if a team, like, gets taken by, you know, gets, gets really sick? Are games going to be canceled? How is that going to happen? How are we going to deal with that in fantasy leagues? I'm not exactly sure. So I'm really in a wait and see still to see what the, what the plan is going to be and whether they get to string training. Uh, but uh, in terms of fantasy, uh, I'm offering the one league that I'm full commissioner on. I reached out to everybody and sort of said, hey, we can play for fun. I'm offering back your $120 buy-in. And let's see how everybody feels. So I'm sort of still open. I'm glad there's going to be baseball, hopefully, because um, I think we could all use that because it'll be a nice distraction from the challenges of everyday life. But Very that's kind of well where put. I'm at. Very well put, Ian. And I'm with you. I think my main concern is players' health and everybody involves health. So um, I'm cautiously optimistic, but I just – I hope they're taking the the right precautions. Eddie Almaguer of Prospects Live mentioned he's on the show with us. Eddie, of course, the number one ranked player in the two-year overall TGFBI standings. Eddie, what's your excitement level right now? Is it are you kind of you know hesitant to really buy into what we're hearing in the media? Yeah. Uh, by the way, I think I'm going to change. I just, I'm going to start morphing that clay. I'm going to just be like, number one player in the world. Eddie, I'm scared. <laughs> Add that to the Twitter <laughs> bio. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, my excitement level around fantasy baseball, clay, it's, you know, it's it's a little low. And I, I imagine for a lot of managers out there, they're not as excited as they would be as they were at least three, four months ago. Um, you know, when, when it comes to strategy in, in the fantasy baseball world, there's so many questions that, I'm just circulating in my head right now, and I'm and I'm learning more concerns from the community as well. Uh, a couple I'm, I'm wondering about is, man, like weekly leagues, are they going to be an extreme headache this year, especially because of the these taxi squads and how much roster transactions there might be? Is it going to be frustrating because your starters are getting three to four starts a week, uh, position starters, that is. Uh, when it comes to starting pitchers, I mean, is it, is it three to four innings swing men starts for the first month or so? It's there's so many questions that that really alter how rosters were built. You know when we when we drafted them a couple months ago. And you'll forgive my nine month old daughter; she wants to chime in every now and then. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's there's a lot of question marks, man. And Ian, uh, I'm gonna, I'm learning from what other commissioners are doing. I'm the commissioner of a couple dynasty leagues. My thought was maybe 50 percent buy in for this year, save the half for next year. Certainly, a full refund is on the table as well. So, a lot of just so many question marks, and I'm going to be really listening to what the community does, how they handle their issues, and hopefully, we can figure this out together, reach some sort of weird consensus, and have a little bit of fun in 2020. Yeah, absolutely. I think I heard a rumor or just a, a tweet. You know, you see errant tweets all the time. Some of them may be true some of them may not be but apparently they're going to squeeze these 60 games into what like 60 days 61 days or something so we could see yeah usage dramatically altered and just a different product on the field vastly different than what we're used to seeing james we're recording on tuesday but this is going up on wednesday so technically happy birthday uh yeah how are you feeling today um about the state of baseball James drop out on us. Oh, he's muted. 
I really have tried not to uh, focus a ton of my bandwidth on on following these negotiations because it's incredibly frustrating. I anticipate if there is a season, it will be very frustrating for fantasy owners, especially in weekly leagues. Uh, so I'm just, I mean, I'm in over 10 leagues, over a dozen leagues, so I'll, I'll be playing those out, the ones where the commissioner decides to play them out, and I'll do the best I can, but... Uh, you know, I, it's it is what it is. It's it's not going to be normal. It's not going to be representative of you know the best manager winning every single league and everything like that. So, mm-hmm. um, I I hope for the best for the players. I mean, they're obviously not putting health first, but the players need to get paid as well. So, a uh, very complicated situation. Absolutely. Well, let's get to this dynasty startup mock draft again. We started this on SiriusXM a few weeks ago. I believe that's still available on demand. One of those shows is. But anyway, we got through two rounds on the air, and now we've completed another two. So we'll get started right at the top with uh, with you, Ian. So it was snaking 20 teams, and we each made five picks per round, kind of taking that draft slot and acting as if you're a different manager with each pick and how you'd build a team at each draft slot. And so snaking back and then finishing off in the second round. Ian, you grabbed Gavin Lux to pair up with Ronald Acuna. Then yeah. you grabbed Victor Robles, and we talked a lot about him on last week's SiriusXM show and Derek Cardi's thread about him and how, yeah, the batted ball numbers may look great, but he's still so young, beats out a ton of those weekly hit balls, and the speed factor, really, with Acuna and Robles, you're set for this team, really, for the next, I mean, you would think for the next five-plus years. Well, I got to tell you, I got super lucky, right? Because I don't know how we decided who was going to go first. But being able to get Acuna at that at that top spot, it was exciting. And I have to say that over the course of the last, however, when, when did we start doing the offline version? It's been so fun over the course of the last like eight, nine days because I get to get so many of the guys that I like, right? I mean, that's it's like I'm drafting not just Obviously, not just players you like, players that are good and in a good spot that you're getting good value for. But as we'll see later on, I mean, I just got, you know, my guys uh, along the way. Um, And Jesus Lazaro, I I grabbed Victor Robles and Gavin Lux at at pick 40, uh, Robles 41, and then Lazaro at pick 80. You know, I I was sort of back and forth. We made that pick right before we went on the air. I did want to get a pitcher here. I'm just so excited by this stuff. I mean, it's just, it's a remarkable, uh, I, I don't typically take pitchers early in drafts. But again, with these different slots, I've got one slot that's really like the young kids. And I'm in some of these other spots. I'm looking to compete on, on an earlier, you know, on an earlier time, knowing who I'm up against, which is, uh, you know, three of the best players in the game. Oh, that's too kind. At least two of the best. Three. I followed up with Shohei Otani and he's kind of a headache in weekly leagues. We are assuming this is a weekly lineup league, by the way. And, that does handicap his value a little bit, but the talent is obviously off the charts. And I'm honestly thinking that maybe with the universal DH, uh, hopefully implemented this year, next year, and beyond, maybe that kind of takes away the argument that, well, all pitchers should get stats if Otani's getting stats, or kind of takes away that complication with him because he will truly be a unique guy, one of the, the very few actually playing both ways. Um, so I... I was a little iffy on it, but I, I went with Otani there. Um, there are some other names on that short list, but I was able to get another one a little later. So I was happy with that. Eddie, who uh, who were you considering after I took Otani? 
Yeah, so I started my my slot here from the number three overall pick, Christian Yadit, Jacob DeGrom, a super strong win-now team. And when you build a really strong base with Christian Yelich, who's an all-around contributor, uh, and then you have a strong pitcher like DeGrom, like, again, your options are endless. You, you can't really go wrong. I went with Cattell Marte. Um, I believe in the breakout. I'm usually pretty cautious with these breakouts, but... Uh, Everything in this profile points to someone who's really just entering his prime. Uh, could be a potential 25 home run guy with, you know, 90-90 and, and a handful of steals with, you know, maybe 290-300 average. So, once again, going for that all-around tactic early on with my bats, I like to, if I can, try to avoid uh, uh, some immediate holes. So, with Christian Yedich and Cattell Marte, again, I, I, I don't think I have any holes. And with Jacob deGrom... Uh, again, the top pitcher for for Dynasty, in my opinion, maybe in in at least if you're going for an immediate win now. Let's see, my 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 nine year old, my nine month old doesn't think the Grom's the right pick there. But uh, with with, do you want me to talk about my next pick here, Clay? Like the sure, one I was wrong. No, all right, I wasn't sure. I think I I think I I went out of turn there by talking about Lazardo. Oh, this is a loose. No, be a no, loose no, no, we can yeah. we can yeah. we can go pull, sure. Pull okay. All right, yeah. So, so yeah, so Yelich, DeGrom, Kettle Marte, and then uh, Jorge Soler was who I rounded out uh, the last pick with. Uh, again, you know, y- young bat, just turned 28, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, big, I believe in the power, big power. Uh, I think I actually made a trade with DBR in RDI last year for Zach Wheeler, I believe it was, for Jorge Soler and Brandon Marquez I sent his way. Uh, so, yeah, again, just I, I think I have a really well-rounded staff, uh, for bats, rather. Uh, although, I will say with the Kettle Marte pick, uh, James, the very next pick you made, I think that maybe would have paired better with Christian Yelich, given Yelich's average boost. But I'll let you uh, take the segue there. <laughs> yeah, so I, I was picking behind Eddie in the four hole. I, I started with Juan Soto, got on Mancata in the second round, and then went with Joey Gallo in the third round and rounded things out with Corey Seager in the fourth round. Uh Four position players under the age of 27, so you know, right in their primes. I think that getting, especially getting Seager in the fourth to kind of help uh, Soto and Mancata offset Gallo's batting average drain, uh, really kind of brought the the squad together. Uh, I do not like. I did not take a single pitcher until the fourth round on any of my five teams. Uh, that's that's exactly how I'd approach a, a dynasty startup. And I targeted hitters who, you know, they didn't have to be prospects. They didn't have to be 23-year-olds, 24-year-olds. But I wanted hitters who had a good chunk of their prime left so that I could build uh, a really nice, strong core over the next uh, three to four years. And so I I like the way that those four pieces fit together. I I think I'm higher on Gallo than a lot of people, uh, even in batting average leagues, just because he's such a really good real-life player that, He's going to play every day. He's going to challenge for the league lead in home runs pretty much every year. And I think in a 20-team league, his batting average is less of a, a sinkhole than it is in like a 12- or 15-team league because of the, the level of players that teams have to start in a league that deep. Uh, so I was happy with the way that played out. Mention that this is a, a weekly league, we're assuming, and 5-by-5 five five with average, as you alluded to, James. Just to make that clear, and he had... Gallo gets dinged a bit in this format, but still a lot to like. And you saw that power up close on the field, James, so impossible for you to quit. Um, you oh, no, never, never quitting Joey Gallo. Do you see him actually field level? Were you actually on the field? 
Or you just uh, like, I don't know, like eight eight rows up from field level. So still, basically, still ringing in your ears, probably the home runs. Uh, you followed up Ian with Alberto Mondesi, so you paired him up with Cody Bellinger, Joe Adele. Uh, any other choices on the short list there, or did you snap call Mondesi? I was pretty snap on Mondesi. I really wanted to make sure I got Mondesi on one of my teams. I, I just think, especially with the shoulder issue that was coming into the season, the extra couple of months off, I think, gives him more time to heal. So he's going to come back and he's going to run, right? So if we were going to put him for 55 or 60 stolen bases in a 60-game season, he might throw 25 stolen bases out there. And in a roto league like that, I think it just puts – puts whatever team Mondesi has, uh, really gives him a real leg up, uh, real <laughs> speed leg up. Uh, and so I really wanted to make sure that I got Mondesi. I know that James is pretty high on Mondesi as well. And I was also thinking that my next round with Tatis and Torres, I didn't want to put Mondesi there on that team. Um, so I was really happy to get Mondesi in that spot to pair with Bellinger, Adele. And then I followed it in the fourth and last minute with Aaron Nola, Look, you know, his 2018 was just so dominant, and I was such a big believer in him to get him in the late 70s uh, as, a, as, as a pitcher because was, we'll see a lot of the good pitchers went in the fourth round. We largely uh, all kind of waited for that fourth round to start taking our pitchers um, with a couple of exceptions. But so I was, you know, I look, Bellinger in the first uh, with the with the fifth pick, it was sort of you know I, I I like Bellinger there because of the first base eligibility, frankly, and first base is not a place, but also the flexibility to go to the outfield. I'm betting on Joe Adele, you know, I'm betting on the on the young bat to to stay alive and be amazing for the next 15 years. Uh, add that with Mondesi and Nola, I think it's a pretty good start. I'm happy with it. Yeah, I think. When, when do you think Adele comes up, Ian? Now, like now, given everything. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I it, it'll depend. I think so many of the of the rookies, it, it, you know, like somebody like even like we were talking about Wander Franco on on the show. It's like if Tampa Bay is going for the division championship, are they not going to bring Wander Franco up, right? If Artie Marino is, I mean, we know he's not he's not paying his minor leaguers, but if he's going to go in there and have the opportunity to help the Angels in a sixty game season, possibly win the division, he could come up. And he could come up soon, but he he's really more of a long term play. But hopefully he'll be up this year. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how many of these youngsters actually get to play this year because uh, you'd hope several, but also knowing the owners and their greed, um, just not sure. Uh, behind him, I took Matt Chapman. This may be a situation where I'm overvaluing the defense a little bit, but I mean the offense is just so great too. The defense is off the charts, and that will keep him on the field every day. 670 plate appearances last year for the A's, Matt Chapman. The Bat X actually has him adding six points of batting average over his original the Bat projection, three additional homers. So that may not sound like a lot, but adding that to a baseline projection is pretty significant. Uh, every system on Fangraphs has him for at least 34. Batting average, a little iffy, but... I uh, love what he's going to give me as a anchor for the lineup, a building block uh, for the next you know, five to ten years, hopefully, and adding him in this draft slot to Francisco Lindor, Walker Bueller. Then I followed up Chapman in the fourth with Nick Castellanos, uh, my second consecutive Reds pick, and I, I really do think Castellanos is going to turn a corner 
he already turned a corner after joining the Cubs, but I think in Great American Ballpark, he's going to do a ton of damage. Eddie, you uh, grabbed a slugger yourself after I took Chapman. Giancarlo Stanton, I've been, I admit that I'm a bit of a scorned fantasy player. I will hold a grudge on a guy. And Stanton, I just, after one thing after another last year, I can't, I can't buy back in. You're still optimistic, though. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't not get my boy here. I mean, you know, maybe some, maybe the Marlin, the Marlins bias in me. Uh, this is a team that I started with Mookie Betts, Anthony Rendon. So a little tilted toward win now. I decided that with the average base of Betts and Rendon, I had a nice uh, cushion for Giancarlo Stanton's potential 250 average or so. But it's hard to turn down someone who can honestly get hot for a month, hit 12 home runs, and finish the season with 40 bombs. Uh, obviously, I'm I'm not ignoring the injury concerns that 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 plague him. Certainly, certainly something to to keep in mind. But uh, the upside is really just what what calls to me, similar to someone like Mondesi or, or Gallo. Those are guys that really can win your leagues for you. They're, they're league winners, and I, I play Stanton in that category. Uh, and, and speaking of seeing someone live, you, James mentioned Joey Gallo in, in 2013 when I was uh, the baseball beat writer for my undergrad FIU. Uh, they played, the Marlins played uh, FIU the first year Marlins Park opened, and he took BP, and, and I was on the field, man, and, and the entire FIU baseball team was leaning on the dugout watching Stanton's BP, and it was just completely majestic. Just one of the most memorable baseball experiences I have, so awesome dude there. Uh, I did follow up. I, I, went, I, went, if, I went full win now mode. So after Betts, Rendon, Stanton, I said, you know what? I need a pitcher. I don't want to leave four rounds of a win-now team without a pitcher. So I took Max Scherzer. Uh, Steven Strasburg went right before to James, but but uh, I would have wanted Strasburg for the age. I do have some concerns about Scherzer's second half and how he finished. He has some some, some back issues. Uh, but, you know, when you're trying to go for it, you kind of throw a little bit of caution to the wind with, with, when you got elite talents. Uh, the hope here is 180-plus innings, you know, Three, three ERA, three twenty ERA, and a boatload of strikeouts. You know, if I can count on one last strong season from Scherzer, uh, I think with veteran Dong Stanton and Scherzer, this is a nice foundation to to compete for a title. Can I ask a question? Can I, Eddie? Can I ask you a question about Scherzer I, and sure. Stanton? I, I'm praying that you're right because as a Yankee fan, <laughs> Yankee fan, right? Like I'm, I'm absolutely praying that 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 that's going to happen. I just watching Stanton over the course of these last two years, it's literally like when my seven year old is like playing near a glass table. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Same thing, same feeling. Um, but but on Scherzer, here was my concern about Scherzer all the way around in dynasty leagues or even in redraft leagues this year. We've seen when pitchers like Bumgarner go like that extra mile in the uh, in the postseason that it really does hurt them. And, you know, he was coming, he had the elbow problem. I believe it was an elbow issue at the end of the season. And he kind of pushed through it, but his velocity was down from like 97 to 93, still pushes his way through because he's a beast. He's a, maybe possibly even a hall of famer, but I do worry that Scherzer is going to drop from, cause I had traded him in dynasty leagues um, in a number of, in, in two dynasty leagues, I traded him the year before. Uh, cause I was worried. I was like, he's just going to fall off the cliff. But do you, do you think he can hold on just in terms of redraft, not even in terms of dynasty? I think he has one more strong year in him. I We we might not see the Scherzer of old again. I mean, last year, sub-3 ERA. I, I don't think we're going to see a sub-3 ERA again from, from Scherzer. It's, we're, we're, getting, we're getting to the point where 
I feel more worried about Scherzer's health than I do Stanton. To put it that way, he's going to be 36 in a month. Scherzer is, yeah. uh, and you know Verlander's still doing this. I'm not saying it's not impossible, but uh, let's just say that if I didn't have other picks in this, you know, mock draft that we're doing to have fun with, and this really was my only draft slot, I might have turned away from Scherzer and gone somewhere else. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I completely hear you, Ian. Uh, this is just someone that. I'll take a chance on a win now, but yeah, uh, I can easily be convinced off of him. I'm kind of off him for 2020. And listen, honestly, I'm doing the same thing in a couple of these spots where I'm like, I'm doing what I would do in dynasty draft on like one team, (laughs) but on the other ones, I'm kind of like, Hey, let's win. Let's, let's play to win for fun, which is also kind of fun. So, and also, you know, it's it's a, it's a fun exercise. I'm enjoying it. Sorry. I just wanted to ask that question. No, that's good. And it's, yeah, doing that is kind of a, Provides a good simulation, if you will, of what a an actual dynasty startup would look like. I think, just kind of role playing in each draft slot a little bit. Um, but yeah, I I like what you did in th- with your first two draft slots here, Eddie. Building a couple win now juggernauts, a couple of really scary win now teams. Stanton really volatile. I could see him playing zero games this year this year or hitting twenty in those sixty games with an OPS of like fifteen hundred. Uh, <laughs> just don't know and I would love that. <laughs> I would love that too. I'll take it. Pretty amazing. James and I, James and I have him in RDI, so I bet James and I we we'd be happy on that front too. Well, if he does, if he goes twenty homers and a fifteen hundred OPS, I'll be back in next year, but not not this year. The only I'm the only with. team where the only team where I'm pulling for a full stat and ensures a bounce back is RDI. That's right. <laughs> See, we, that's the true. only place we're going to have <laughs> Me those. Me too. It's the only places yeah. I have those guys now. James, you followed up with Tim Anderson after Eddie took Stanton. Then you paired Tim Anderson uh, with Strasburg. And so that that's Alex Bregman, Olsen, Tim Anderson, Strasburg. Uh, any thoughts or, that you want to share on the Anderson pick? Or was that kind of a, a layup for you? Not a layup. Uh, I thought he paired really well with Matt Olson, my previous pick. I mean, their, their weaknesses kind of balance out each other's strengths, and Alex Bregman doesn't have any weaknesses. So I just I love that pairing of, of three hitters right in their primes. Um, you know, another four or five years, hopefully, of prime production from all those guys. Steven Strasburg, uh, you know, this team's now ready to, to try to win now because you, you get an ace like that. Who knows how many more years he even has left. But uh, with a core of hitters in their mid-20s, you definitely need to eventually address pitching. And so I felt like Strasburg was um, a pretty clear... Strasburg was more of a layup than Anderson was in the third. Um, There were plenty of other good hitters there. Anderson's speed uh, to complement Bregman and Olsen was kind of the tiebreaker there. But Strasburg, I thought, was really good value in the fourth. Yeah, I think those are two good picks. I love Tim Anderson and uh, like him just... Well, you know, as a person on Twitter, I think he seems cool, and I'm hoping he continues his success. Of course, the batting champion from last year. Ian, you followed up Tim Anderson with Jack Flaherty, and I'm looking at this list here, and that seems like through, what, 13 picks you've made at various draft slots. That's the second pitcher you took after Gary yeah. Cole. So that just speaks to your general philosophy, and it seems obvious, but you really uh, you do not want to push up pitching in a dynasty startup. No, I don't. But but in this particular and, and by the way, about Tim Anderson, I think James and I are about as high on. I was like, no, really, because I have Anderson higher on my dynasty list, I think, than most people do. I'm just a big fan of the of the of 
of him as a fantasy player. But so I, you know, I had Tatis at nine, which I felt good about. I was thrilled about Torres at 31, I guess it is 31 for Torres. I was a, that was a fun pick and a happy pick as a Yankee fan, but also just, I think Torres is just going to grow into himself. So I just thought to myself, I said, we're ready to win. Um, we do, I would like a pitcher and we had some, I had some choice, right? So pretty much the only ones off the table at that point were DeGrom, and Cole, I believe. Oh, and Otani. I still consider Otani a pitcher. And I went, I went, I'm sorry, and who? And Bueller. Walker Bueller was gone. Okay. Oh, right. Walker Bueller. Thank you. Right. You're right. Um, And so, uh, but I I went with Flaherty. I was just so taken. I, I was never a huge Flaherty guy, but if you look at what he did starting in July of last year, it, it, it was a remarkable run. I mean, he was like, it, it was like Sandy Koufax. Good. It was just a remarkable job by him. He'd shown flashes of it in the past. Um, but it was really like, it was, it was just very, very impressive. And I decided to go with Flaherty there. And then I followed it up here. Pick 71, I believe with Josh Bell, uh, again, focusing on first base, just really wanting to make sure that I'm not, uh, playing with guys at first base like Yuli Gurriel. Like I, I don't have – I want to have young, really strong bats at first base. It's a it's a place of lack, I think, in fantasy baseball. So I want to cover those spots. So I'm pretty happy with Tatis, Torres, Flaherty, and Bell. All good ages. Uh, we've got one ace along with three young bats ready to, ready to roll. So And with enough speed. So I'm really happy with that. Yeah, that's pretty nice. I was kind of irked that you grabbed Flaherty. I was hoping he would fall to me. The next pick, uh, that team has Turner, Freeman, and obviously Turner is still pretty young, but you want to maximize those prime stolen base years. So this is a win-now team, and I had Bieber as my next guy up, and I ended up taking him after Flaherty, but I was hoping to get Flaherty, and even though Bieber was my top guy, I just kind of stood there looking at it, like kind of underwhelmed. But I do remember back to that article with a lot of quotes from the players saying the, the players think that Bieber is the next great ace of baseball. A uh, ton of success. He does get hit kind of hard when he gets squared up, but uh, I still think there's enough to like. James, what did you think of that Bieber pick? Was that a little bit of a, a reach, or do you think that's about where Bieber deserves to go? No, he was right up there with best pitcher available to me. I mean, I think him versus Clevenger is a is a close one in a dynasty for me. Yeah. Bieber's got the age, and, and I think he's uh, proven to be more durable, but I think Clevenger might have a slightly higher ceiling, but um, yeah, I mean, Bieber, I, I thought that was really good value there. I mean, I thought Flaherty was good value. Um, getting either of those guys right around pick 50 is, is pretty solid. Yeah, then I paired Bieber up with Castillo. I, I figured you would you were going to mention Clevenger, and I thought maybe you'd take him straight up, but there is that age gap, and yeah, I still think Bieber, you know, I think he's got a, a very bright future, although some people you know, understandably look at those batted ball numbers and get a little scared. Uh, Eddie, you took Jared Kelnick up, and this is, you know, you had your win-now teams, and this is the full-blown rebuild squad. Rebuild from day one squad. Yeah, well, the the fun team, right? You know, and here's here's an interesting thing, Clay. I don't know if I want to... I mean, it, it is a rebuild. I don't know if I want to label it like that. I, I see. I started with Vlad Guerrero Jr., uh, followed up with Luis, Luis Robert. So those are two guys in the majors, essentially, that you know will, will you know, should be in lineups from day one. Uh, Jared uh, Kalenic, yeah, like you mentioned, uh, 
in the minors, uh, I'm bullish on his ETA. And unfortunately, you know, given the season, we'll have to wait till next year, probably end of next year, perhaps soon. But I think he's a really strong five category contributor, uh, top 10 universal prospect. Uh, does does very little wrong, in my opinion. Uh, and I followed him up with Kyle Tucker, someone who's, you know, slowly out of our consciousness now that he's up in the majors, lost his prospect status, and we've discarded him because he hasn't done anything for us recently. Um, he's 23, if, that's, if I'm not mistaken. And I think we're at the point where he's going to start forcing the issue a little bit. You know, the Astros, I don't know how, how much longer they can not play him every day. So I think I, I went with the four bats here, Vlad, Luis Robert, Jared Kalanick, and Kyle Tucker. Uh, it's, a fun, it's a fun squad. Uh, all those guys, maybe with the exception of Vlad, of course, power, speed, upside. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's the type of team you dream on, the type of team that you can you can turn around and trade a couple of those assets and really accelerate your, your competition window if you so wish. So, yeah, and, and I like I like drafting these teams. I don't do it very often, but when I do it, it is the most fun because it, the possibilities are way more endless and open as opposed to if you're win now, you pretty much know exactly what you have to draft and the whole draft room knows exactly what you're going for. So, uh, so, yeah, so, you know, got to have at least one of those fun teams. Yeah, that was unfair of me to label this a, a rebuild from day one because, and I hope you'll find it in your heart to be, forgive me, Eddie. Uh, but <laughs> the, uh, the, number one, the number one player in the world forgives you. I do think you're right that this team could be pretty competitive, and I think Kelnick could come up in a hurry. But so, yeah, this is not – nearly as as much of a long-term thing as my team if you if you draft slots lower with franco julio rodriguez royce lewis jason dominguez spoiler uh there but yeah i think you know vlad jr robert kelnick and then tucker and yeah you haven't added a pitcher yet but that team could um only in maybe you know a year or two be be a juggernaut james this is kind of a, a excellent win now squad especially from the 12 hole bryce harper Baez, then you took Machado. Uh, you've been kind of going to bat for Machado. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we were just talking about the bad X. Uh, you know, they they projected him for higher stats across the board than I had him projected for. Um, but I, I love this this team. I love the way it came together. Uh, just three stud hitters right in the middle of their prime so yeah obviously win now team and and to kind of really uh make that official i took clayton kershaw in the fourth round to headline that rotation um you know in a, in a 12 or 15 team league harper bias machado you're you're maybe a little bit behind the ball in batting average but in a 20 team league i think you could you could do just fine with those three as your top three hitters and as i mentioned uh on those radio shows when we were talking about these teams, I don't value speed as much in a dynasty league as I do in a typical redraft league, just because I feel like it, it ages the worst. And I'm, I really just want to build that, that base of runs, RBI home runs, uh, hopefully batting average before focusing on steals. So I don't, I don't mind finishing middle of the pack in steals or even like bottom, bottom third, as long as I'm, I'm really solid everywhere else. And, uh, Kershaw to me, I mean, it, you know, he's maybe not Pete Kershaw anymore, but he was still uh, an easy top 10 pitcher for me for 2020. Uh, I think he, I mean, he's as diligent as anyone in terms of his workouts and 
taking care of himself off the field. So I think there's a chance that we could still have another uh, four or five really good years of him. Yeah, when I got into the office here like an hour ago, I loaded up the Google Doc and I was kind of, ah, I was disappointed to see you took Kershaw. I had a pretty good consolation prize and my boy Luis Castillo, but I was hoping to get Kershaw. I think obviously not a guy that we'd feel good about projecting over a full season for 200 plus innings. I don't remember off the top of my head when the last time was that he did that, but in a short season, I mean, I could totally see this guy winning the Cy Young, uh, being the best pitcher in fantasy. And uh, even with diminished stuff, he can still make it work. He's still brilliant to watch. Uh, Ian, you uh, paired up in the 13 hole here. Nolan Arenado, Garrett Cole, then you took Chris Bryant. Was that an easy call for you? Not really. I mean, but also I really wanted Machado. By the way, Kershaw was one of our biggest battles that Clay and I had uh, in Tout Wars this year. We were both just kept, (laughs) I think we just kept raising. I forgot. I think I got him at the end. I got to look like, at that squad. I honestly, I haven't honestly looked at it either. I could not tell you. <laughs> but I do remember that you and I were the only two, and we were just going at it up to like $29. It was also partially for, because of the format, yeah, um, where pitch makes a big difference in that yeah, format. But exactly. um, yeah, so I was not thrilled. I, I talked about this on the radio show, getting Arenado at 13. I just wasn't, you know, I didn't know where else. I didn't have a better choice right then. But then to get Cole at 27 was pretty exciting, right? So to be able to have that those two as my base, I then went with Bryant because I wanted Machado, uh, and but Bryant came through. I'm thinking of him as an outfielder largely. And then in the fourth round, I'm curious if James would have taken this player if he were available because I took him right before he took Kershaw. I took Tyler Glass now at pick 73, uh, seven, I don't know, somewhere, somewhere around there. Um, so I, I decided because this is a win now team for me, Arenado, Cole, Chris Bryant, and Tyler Glass. Now I got two, what I think are just aces Cole clearly and glass now as well, um, with some real power bats with Arenado and Bryant. And I'm, I'm excited to see how this team plays out as it moves forward. Absolutely. James, yeah, you know, gonna- it, it would have been a tough call. Uh, I, I had glass now, Kershaw and Strasburg all kind of bunched up and, um, I, you know, I think I probably still would have gone Kershaw uh, just because he's he's kind of proven it um, a bit more. But I, I mean, in a, in a dynasty, I definitely can't fault you for going Glass now. No, I just think there's so little mileage on Glass now's arm. There's so little mileage. You know, I mean, there's so many years where he pitched where he was a reliever, right? So he wasn't throwing, and he just found it last year. I'm just a huge oh. Glass now guy. Just huge. Love him. Yeah. The- the change in pitching philosophy from Pittsburgh to Tampa Bay really helps, and just getting that command ironed out. Hopefully there's still another step to come with that. Then he could just be easily one of the best in the game, but we'll see. Um, so after, Ian, you took Chris Bryant. I took Royce Lewis. This is kind of my Greg and Tom team here. Uh, Greg Wellmeyer and Tom Trudeau did this from day one in the – RDI league, and so I went Wander Franco in the 14-hole, Julio Rodriguez, Royce Lewis, Jason Dominguez. So no chance to compete anytime in the near future, and we've talked about how this plan does kind of get thrown for a loop when there's another um, team in your league going full-on you know, day one tear down and, and look to, toward the future. And uh, we mentioned, Eddie, you kind of have one of those teams, but I, that team can't compete soon, so I think maybe my window is spaced out a little bit further off. Uh, I like this team. Royce Lewis, not great numbers last year, but James, you mentioned in his outlook for the site, 
the best position player in the Arizona Fall League last year. Lots of likes, obviously, and those numbers don't don't tell the full story. He was pretty young, right? Was was he only how old was he at Double A last year, James? Do you know? Um, maybe he's twenty. 20. He's twenty. Um, Clay, did you? So I was I was sweating this one because I really wanted Dylan Carlson uh, with my next pick. And I thought you might take Carlson there to pair with Franco and Rodriguez, but was it was it more just the fact that like Royce Lewis is more sort of on the same sort of timetable yeah. as Franco and Rodriguez? Right? Exactly. Okay, sure. I just thought that space out the window a little bit. And I mean, I love Carlson. It was very close. He was him and Vaughn were in that mix. Um, that's that's which is why I took Vaughn. Yeah. I, I just I did not. Anyway, I'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. So Eddie, before we do get to that why don't you tell us about the blake snell pick if there were any others in consideration there yeah i guess if i think there's a team that i'm most i don't want to say blab but maybe my least favorite of my five draft slots I'd, I'd probably say it's this when i started trevor story uh followed up by sandra bogarts and then uh blake snell and eugenio suarez i love all those guys individually maybe blake snell maybe not the hugest blake snell fan i knew i needed pitching and that there was going to be a pitching pitching run coming soon. Clevenger was the other guy I debated who went a few picks later. Uh, with Snell, I just gave him the benefit of the doubt for the 2018 season that we saw. I think he's closer to that pitch than what we saw in 2019. Um, you know, one thing, maybe a lesson learned, and for anyone listening out there, to so just you know keep into consideration the positions you're drafting. So I I, I started Trevor Story and Tanner Bogarts, a couple of shortstops. Uh, I'm likely going to have to slot one of those guys into my middle infielder if you you know if we hypothetically play this out. And Eugenio Suarez uh, over at third base. So you know I'm, I'm lacking a first baseman, which is which is a weak position. I still don't have any outfielders, but it is kind of weak as well. So not in love with the roster construction, but I do love the uh, the stats I can get from these guys. You know, with with Trevor Story and Sandra Bogarts and Eugenio Suarez. Uh, both, you know, everyone here is young. Uh, everyone here can hit for some good power. There's a little bit of speed in there, uh, good average. So well-rounded. I just don't love the roster position construction. I think I'm going to face some constraints later on in the draft. Yeah, I love Suarez. I, I feel like he's probably pretty easily the most underrated player in baseball. Just unreal to watch on a day-to-day basis. And, yeah, Snell he just needs to stop moving furniture in the in the bathroom, uh, please. And then I think he'll, he'll bounce back. <laughs> we'll see. I know the control is still a little bit of a work in progress, but I love Snell. James, you mentioned you got Carlson adding him with Bo Bichette, Kesson Hero. Then you grab Byron Buxton. Uh, anything else you want to mention about the Carlson pick? Uh, yeah, I mean, this is the first prospect I took in the entire thing. Oh, um, really? and, ac- and actually the only prospect I took in uh, – 20 picks um and this is probably my closest thing to a playing for tomorrow type of team i think all four of these guys open the year in the majors but you know bogashat kesson Hira, kind of just getting started we'll wait and see on, on when dylan carlson's gonna be ready to kind of enter his peak byron buxton you know obviously still waiting for a, a true breakout over a full season from him but i think you can make a pretty strong case that all four of these players have their best days ahead of them and they, they can hopefully age well together. I think they complement each other pretty well. Um, not in love with this team compared to some of my other teams, but 
uh, Carlson was the clear best fit there for me. And like I said, I was, I was kind of crossed my fingers that he would make it there. Very nice. Yeah. Obviously the secret's out on him for this year. And I want to see in, in drafts that start back up, you know, with the shortened season confirmed, assuming we do get confirmation, where exactly Carlson goes. Where, where do you guys think? Do you think he's like a top? Like if you're playing the main event and you have to get your guy, where do you pop Carlson? Like 10th round earlier? I guess it's just a general. I wouldn't. I mean, I, I don't think you have to go that aggressive. I, I still think, especially in the main event, uh, the main event is probably the most prospect averse. uh league that i that i play in i mean it, it, it's very much uh prove it and like let me see it first before i fully buy in um so i, I think you can still get carlson probably after pick 200 in the main event in in maybe a, really? a lower money league um yeah i mean i just i think that I people are going to look I... at that people are going to look at I... that cardinals outfield and say i can't guarantee you that i'm getting six starts a week from any of these guys. So I, I think you can still get Carlson at a, at a good price in the main event. You might not be able to in, in cheaper leagues. It's not, it's not the main event, but I think in TGFBI, if I'm thinking back, I got him just past pick 300. Granted, uh, in Smartest Street, we can track everyone's ADP. I do think that was the lowest of any TGFBI league, so I am the outlier. But mid-200s, yeah, that's about where I would maybe expect Carlson to go and... and Traditionally, redraft leagues. I'm not sure if he goes higher or lower now, though, if I'm being honest, given the taxi squads and all that. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'm pretty optimistic. I have him like 170 on my rankings right now. I, 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 would, have him, I would have him around there, too, Clay. I, I was just answering your question about yeah, where no. you have to take him. Like, I, I think you and I are probably the highest people on Carlson in the industry, so I don't, I don't think we need to take them where we have them ranked. Yeah, I just, I'm looking and I'm thinking of, you know, if I really had to get a guy, like an outfielder, and some of my top options were off the board, I may push him up higher than I have him. Maybe it's like the the 150-ish range, which made me think 15-team or 10th round, but maybe that's forcing it a little bit. I do, uh, I get carried away sometimes with some of these prospects, I will admit. Uh, James... <laughs> After you took Carlson, Ian, you mentioned Andrew Vaughn. I maybe it's probably because his name is Vaughn. I, I think of the big slugger from Major League, like spitting his chaw. Like I, I, that's the kind of player I think Vaughn's going to be in time. Just a, a big masher. But uh, Ian, is there any was there any trepidation, any second guessing with this pick? Totally. This team is bizarre, and I, I I kind of have gone back and forth on this team so many times between. And I made part of part of why I picked these two players. I'm going to admit is and at the Athletic we're doing OOTP, and I have the Chicago White Sox. So I spent I've spent the last three months instead of playing fantasy baseball just living with the Chicago White Sox, like dreaming about the Chicago White Sox. And I signed Andrew Vaughn to an eight year, ninety million dollar contract. <laughs> in you know right, right in the middle of the 2020 season and then brought him up and he's done fantastically well i was sort of down on vaughn and then our friend ralph lifshitz like called me he was like dude why are you down on vaughn and i was like i have something about him i feel like he's kind of a brat blah blah and he's like yo i'm telling you i have like inside scoop he's anything but that he's like the best kid so i'm looking at what clay's doing i'm looking at what eddie's doing and i'm saying vaughn is not going to come back to this team and to combine that with Ozzy Albies and Jordan Alvarez, to put Albies, Jordan Alvarez, and Andrew Vaughn together, I was like, all right, this is really great. But then we come back up 
on the on the flip side. So I'm fine with Vaughn there, right? And I think it's a little a little bit of a reach, but I'm also drafting against other guys who are picking prospects, right? And Vaughn is, I mean, Clay, you even said it like Vaughn was going to be your next guy, right? Or you were strongly considering him between yeah, him I and was, Royce Lewis. Yes, especially on a team like that. But yeah, he was on the short list for guys uh, on the position player side for me. And again, with first base, Andrew Vaughn, first base, just locking down. I just want to dominate first base. Um, so then, but here's where here's where I got stupid or where I'm not sure I'm smart. How about I put it that way? So I got Albies, I got Alvarez, I got Vaughn. I'm thinking, all right, we're going to look a couple of years ahead. There's no rush. Vaughn might not come up at all this year. Um, probably won't. But, you know, beforehand, I would have thought that he would have come up. But then I took Lucas Giolito in the fourth round, which makes just flat out no sense. It really doesn't Com- with the team that I have set up. But I love Giolito so much. And I wanted to have on my teams my guys. And I think Giolito is is a top seven pitcher, top six pitcher, top five pitcher. And moving forward, if you look at the pedigree, if you look what he kind of brought together in, in 2019, I'm just a huge believer in him. Uh, I also – his mom is an actress and who I did a TV show with many, many years ago. So I have a little connection there. Really? But I just – yeah, yeah, she's uh, Lindsay Frost is her name. Yeah, yeah, she's she was quite good. Um, and so, so Albies, Alvarez, Andrew Vaughn, Lucas Giolito. It's not smart, but I still like it. Nice. And who was the guy, the kid who got drafted this year, James, whose mom was in what little big league? Uh, Peter Armstrong. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I saw that making went to the Mets. Draft yep. Yeah, that's kind of cool to see. I need to watch little big league again, especially after watching Junior. Do you guys watch Junior yeah. on Fox? <laughs> no, but no, but that's a good reference. You need to you need to check that out. I, now, that documentary was way too heavy on the Macklemore and Nick Lachey types. I don't know why those guys got such a spotlight, <laughs> but uh, I I definitely enjoyed just endless cracks of the bat from Griffey. Uh, for my next pick, I went Chris Paddock. So that's. Devers, Meadows out of the 18 hole, then Paddock, then Starling Marte. I've been doing this kind of approach, or I did this in RDI, where it's like build for the future, build long term, but also want to compete. And it hasn't worked out, guys. I've been in the top fourth of the league, but I can't get any higher. I can't nudge up into that top four, uh, three range. So this hasn't worked, but I couldn't pass up the chance to grab Paddock and Marte and kind of you know, aim a little bit for winning now, but also build a sustainable team. So I don't have much more to add, but I, I thought Paddock was a decent enough choice. And then Marte, he kind of was still hanging around, so I, I felt like maybe he's getting up there in age, maybe the stolen bases dry up, but I couldn't couldn't pass him up. Eddie, you took J.D. Martinez. Were you surprised to see him still there? No, not at all, man. I'm not, I'm not surprised to see any guys over 30 at any in a dynasty league. Uh, this, this is one of those decisions. I started this team off with Jose Ramirez, Aaron Judge, and you know those first two guys are are young enough that I can still build out a you know a nice window that I'm not super rushed to win. But I just hit the throttle, man, and I went JD Martinez and Justin Verlander, uh, two guys who you know with who hopefully 2020, 2021, they're going to turn in elite seasons and then likely fall off pretty quickly. Uh, but J.D. Martinez, man, I mean, there's, I mean, there's not much you can say that we don't already know. Just, he gives you the average. He gives you the elite power. Uh, you know, on a ta- you know, if if he were, you know, several years younger, he'd obviously be a first round talent. So it, it, there comes a point where it just becomes hard to ignore what those numbers can do 
for you regardless of where you are in the round. Um, you always have to prepare, though, when you take someone like this or, or someone like Verlander. So it, it is dangerous that just start prepping uh, either prospects or something or, or have people that you hope can fill their shoes in uh, because once they leave your lineup, it's it's, it's going to be scary the, the the kind of downturn your your team can take. But those are the, those those that's a, that's the problem for you know 2022 Eddie, not 2020 and 2021. Absolutely. Then James Carlos Correa was your final pick of the third round. Then you paired him up with Mike Clevenger at the turn. I know Correa's wearing on a lot of people just with the injuries, the weird nature of some of those injuries, the massage issue. Um, but you're still optimistic, or at least maybe not optimistic, but you still think maybe Correa could still achieve and reach the levels that we, we thought he could as a prospect. Yeah, I just, I thought it was good value there. He's still like 25 and I mean, Pete, he's basically like the same age as Pete Alonzo, who I took with in the second round. I have Ilo Jimenez. Uh, so no speed to speak of with Jimenez, Alonzo, Correa, and Clevenger, but um, I think it's that team's got a very high ceiling from a home run, RBI, run standpoint. And same thing with Clevenger, just just value. I mean, the way I kind of approached pitching was, you know, I could have made a case that Clevenger was my best available uh, as early as like the Tim Anderson pick or the Manny Machado pick, but I was just trying to. I didn't want to take any pitchers until it was like, well, I can't let him fall any further, that type of thing. Um, so I, you know, I, I thought that that was a good way to allow this team to try to compete this year and next year. Um, still a, a very young hitting core with Jimenez, Alonso, and Correa, even though Correa has just been around forever. Uh, Clevenger, as I said, I, I mean, he's he's a guy that I like quite a bit more uh, than some of the pitchers who went ahead of him. Um, so yeah, I mean, this isn't my favorite team, but I think it's a team that has a chance to compete. Very nice. Yeah, I like. I really like this exercise. I think it's useful. Maybe we could make this board like publicly available. I don't. I don't want to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna group, tweet this but... out when we tweet the when we tweet out the podcast link, just so okay. that people are able to follow along when they yeah, listen. I think that's good. And I think yeah, if you're doing a startup, and why not in this time? Uh, still, what a month at least according to the plan. A month before games start, so. Um, yeah, maybe time still to get a dynasty going, and hopefully this could be a good little guide as you're drafting. Uh, guys, really can't thank you enough for doing this. Always fun talking with you, and I've really enjoyed it over several weeks, and I know it's a big time commitment, so thank you guys. And before we sign off, um, maybe go around the group and just one team that you drafted, one draft slot that you were particularly fond of maybe your your favorite team that you put together here through four rounds we'll start with you ian what do you think ah uh, you know I, I have upside and downside on all of them in a way um you know i i like the team that's going now that's going to win now with arenado garrett cole bryant and glass now um because i've got the two aces there uh but i'll put in uh, a word i kind of like the albies jordan alvarez Vaughn Giolito team too. So those are probably my two favorite teams. Yeah, hard to pick just one. These all feel like children. Um, well, I like there's something there's stuff I like about all of the teams, and there's stuff that I'm sort of annoyed about. Yeah. on all of the teams, Same. you know. So, but you know, I I think overall we're we're all you know it's it's fun. That's for sure. We're it's in it's enjoyable to be like ooh damn yeah and, I, and have that moment 
where you get where you getting scooped. I feel the exact same way. After I said that, I was looking at my team and I was like, oh, maybe this one, but oh, I wish I could have this pick back. Um, but that's how the game goes in fantasy. Eddie, what about you? Do you have a favorite squad here? Yeah, it's actually a little bit easier for me to pick. Uh, it's the Christian Yelich squad. Christian Yelich, Jacob DeGrom, Keto Marte, and Jorge Soler. I, I, right now, I legitimately don't think there's a glaring hole anywhere on that squad. And if I had to choose one to go to battle with and make my actual team into a season-long or whatever, you know, year-long dynasty, it, it'd be this squad. It's it's hard to deny the talent on the, on the team. I don't. I still have a lot of avenues to, to open up with uh, moving forward. Uh, and I have a lot of just flexibility to continue making this team good. Absolutely. What about you, James? you have a pick? Yeah, tempting to say the Harper Bias, Chato Kershaw team. Uh, I think that that team's best set up for 2020, but I'll, I'll actually go with uh, the Soto, Moncada, Gallo, Seager team. Don't have a pitcher yet, obviously, but I think with that core of, of young hitters, I am in a good position to compete every year. Can always trade for pitching, and I think that those four guys complement each other really well, both from a position eligibility standpoint and a five by five roto standpoint. Very nice. I think I will go with my my six hole team: Lindor, Bueller, Chapman, Nick Castellanos. Balanced team, a lot of you know everyday production and a top ace, maybe the ace of baseball for the next few years. I do kind of wish I'd taken bets over Lindor. Uh, I love Lindor, though. I can't quit him. And just a few more steals uh, kind of gave him the edge. But uh, that's that's one I kind of wish I had back. Uh, really good stuff, guys. I thought this was a, a good show and a lot of fun. Before we do uh, end this, though, I want to give you guys some time to talk about what you got going on. Ian, uh, can you tell us what you have going on a weekly basis and maybe in the works for the future? Well, we're doing uh, our under the radar show. Uh, we're doing it. We're doing night shows with Derek Van Riper, Nando, and Nando Defino, and myself on the Athletic. Uh, it's the Athletic Baseball Podcast, baseball podcast uh, which used to be behind the paywall, and now everyone can listen. So, uh, give us a listen. It's a, it's, a, it's a lot of. I'll tell you one thing. It's a lot of fun to do. Uh, we always uh, we end up being uh, on air for about forty five minutes after the show. And sometimes we're like, we should have just kept rolling, but it's a, it's really fun. Nando's great. Derek's great. And, uh, it's just a enjoyable experience all the time. So that's uh, check it out. It'll be coming out uh, today. So we, we do it Tuesdays at like 1030 at night Eastern and it comes out Wednesdays in the early afternoon. Very cool. And give Ian a follow, of course, on Twitter at IanCon4. Check out his dynasty rankings at rotowire.com, rotowire.com slash pod for a free 10 day trial. And Eddie, uh, what do you want to mention before we let you go? Yeah, well, uh, we're the Prospect Five. I guess last time we did this on the Serious Exemption, we were leading up to the MLB draft. That's come and gone, and I want to thank anyone who, anyone who tuned into our Prospects live stream. You know, even if just for a few minutes, really appreciate the viewership. Uh, we're at Prospect Live. We're full gear to our 2021 MLB draft. We had a couple of scouts over at the Perfect Game National uh, Showcase that Kyler Peterson and Tyler Jennings just joined the squad. Uh, so give them a follow on our Prospects Lab account. You've been seeing a ton of uh, 2021 draft content. We have a top 50 2021 list and uh, just a ton, a ton of content. Uh, Phil Goyet, he is actually going to release his own projections. He's been working. I'm super excited about this. His own projection system for prospects, which kind of, uh, looks forward several years and, and projects out what their numbers are going to look like. And 
he's been really comparing it to other uh, projection models, and they line up pretty nicely. So it's not just some kind of pie in the sky type of thing. So look for that uh, this week. And otherwise, uh, yeah, man, just a prospects and draft content. That's what that's what we're gearing up for right now in prospects live. Awesome. Yeah, you guys did a great job covering the draft. Uh, really well done, and yeah, wish you guys the best. And thank you so much, James. Enjoy some time off this week. Enjoy your birthday. We hope you all will join us next week on the Rotowire Prospect Podcast. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.